Here we are puttering around in the woods. I don't have the wind sock on yet. So you might hear some wind. I have my little orange backpack. It's a little kid backpack. Somewhere in there is this tarot card I pulled for us today. There it is. It's a big one. Large format from the Margareta Peterson deck. This is our card for the week and it is the three of coins. Now, pause a moment because we're going to hear some wiggly noises as I put on the wind sock. And here it goes. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Wiggle, wiggle some more. I hope you can still hear the birds in the background. Or maybe the wind in the trees, but, but not so much the wind in the microphone, right? We're zipping up the backpack. I'm picking it up. It has a little tiger on it. It's a tiger face backpack. Bought it for my son when he was in kindergarten. That was a while back. I'm still carrying it. I'm T. This is Burning Tarot, the podcast on which we wander and blather and pull a tarot card. We are out here in Deschutes National Forest, as we so often are on the podcast. And my friends, my sweetie darlings, it is lovely out. We are walking down a red cinder road forest service road the sun is high it's may that's what the sun does for may and june right like it's just high 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 in the sky like a pie in your eye what's that is that a little baby deer a little fawn hi sweetie where's your family Well, there are cute deer out here, in case you were wondering. It's a thing. Uh, We have this beautiful sun. We have beautiful orange bark ponderosa trees. The mountains, which we can see up beyond the road in the forest, are still partly covered in snow. So this is a beautiful time of year because down here at the base of the mountains... The forest comes to life. This is central Oregon on the eastern slopes of the Cascade Mountains in the U.S. Pacific Northwest. So this is not a place of uproarious, wild, lush growth, which you would see on the other side, on the western slopes of these same mountains and their lowlands in the Willamette Valley. Oh, the little deer's getting freaked out. He's hopping away, she they. So over here, it's, you know, it's a dry climate, which is why I'm here. I had health problems. I had to leave the comforts of the valley and Portland, but I like it over here better now. And this amazing forest uh, doesn't have that lush, explosive floral craziness that you might get. A lot of you listeners are in the Bay Area. You're in New York City. Uh, You're in Virginia and Washington State, um, UK and Ireland, and elsewhere. Welcome, everybody. But I know a lot of you are in climates where you're going to be experiencing that explosion of growth for springtime. And here it's different. And when spring springs here, it's still wonderful and magical. But you have to take a little more time and care to experience it. So we're out here in this gorgeous weather. I am wearing shorts. 
Seriously. Shorts, people. <laughs> That's how nice the weather is. And right in front of me, I've turned onto this uh, little dirt road with a lot of yellow rock and yellow dirt in it. Follow the yellow dirt road. Um, and there's this little teeny wildflower growing up just out of the middle of the road. And there's a little tiny whitish bluish flower and little tiny green leaves. And that's growth, that's newness, you know? Even if it's not right in your face going, hello, I'm a giant pink rhododendron. It's still speaking the language of spring. And here we've walked down a little farther. We have the manzanita. And the manzanitas are also blooming. These are like shrub style, uh, red bark, low lying manzanitas, not giant tree ones. And they have wonderful little bells, little umbels or whatever you're supposed to call them. That most of them are, are medium pink, wonderful color, growing in wonderful clusters pointed down. But some of them are more like a noticeably lighter tone. They're very pretty. And it's just glorious to be out here with a blue sky. Yesterday we had a prescribed burn nearby for... You know, that's an attempt to clear out some forest underbrush and unfortunately some trees too, usually in the hopes that if a big fire comes raging through this area, um, it won't be able to pick up quite as much steam. It won't get as hot. And so trying to put the brakes on that underbrush is part of that. So we had a prescribed burn and smoke came pouring over and I kind of didn't notice it. I was inside my house. And suddenly through the skylights, the light turned reddish orange. And my whole body reacted. Even though I knew there were prescribed burns were going to happen soon, da-da-da-da-da. It was like my body reads that sight or the smell of it as extreme danger. My body is smart. <laughs> But it reminded me, wow, with the beginning of this glorious season also comes risk, also comes the reality that in order to have these wonderful sunny days, we out here in Central Oregon at least, and, and in many different places along the West Coast, we have to be ready to accept that wildfire might come for us. The new improved climate change, fire suppression, urban wildlife interface version of wildfire. So, hmm, with the glorious wonderfulness comes risk that isn't there when everything's covered with snow, drenched in rain. And oh, what a metaphor that is, isn't it? I won't unpack that metaphor for you. I think you're capable of it. But I do feel like that relates to our card that we pulled today. So the Margareta Peterson deck She's very artistic, she's an artist, and she made these elaborate, semi-abstractish cards, these many paintings, and she provides her own interpretations, which I sometimes look at and sometimes do not. I did look at it briefly before heading out on the walk. So let me describe the card to you. 
Most of you are familiar with other decks, such as in the style of Smith Rider Waite and all that good stuff. So in those, you'll see, you know, maybe it's a young person. They are an apprentice. They are in a church and they are working on three pentacles in some way. Those are kind of those types of illustrations. Sometimes there's other people around who are perhaps critiquing the work or helping with it. They're usually standing to the side. It's more like they're critiquing or perhaps they're a master that you're learning to do the work with. But Margareta Peterson has her own ideas about the tarot, my friends. So uh, three of coins here. We see a smudge of a footprint, a white footprint against uh, an orange background. And there's golden, wild grooviness all around. And then in blue, there's uh, like an ohm symbol. And, um, you know, it's already in groovy and I'll take a picture of it for you, like I like to do. So the footprint, what does that mean? Well, the coins, the pentacles, are the element of earth. So when we draw these, we are working with material reality, including our bodies. Speaking of which, did somebody just sting me? Or maybe just something. Huh. All right. Hopefully nobody stung me. That hurt. What is that? Oh, the wilds never know what they're going to offer. Okay, I think I just got minorly stung. We shall continue. Um, footprints, materiality, right? So our material existence includes our bodies and it includes coins, money. The, uh, the ways we earn our money. We can usually include things like housing in the element of earth and in the suit of coins and pentacles. It's also a suit of manifestation in the most literal sense of that word. And I should look up that word. But man, mané, would typically be hand, right? So manifestation is like handiwork. Making something with your hands, having it be real, making something real. So when we woo-woo manifest, uh, we should keep that in mind. There's this element of getting our hands dirty, creating something with our hands, being real, requiring the use of our bodies to make something, which is really satisfying. And we live in a culture that's, that's very weird about bodies. I would say probably most of our listeners are listening in from places that are quote-unquote developed countries, I know we have um, lots and lots of Americans and folks in the UK and Ireland, as mentioned before. So really leading these supposedly, you know, contemporary, modern, wonderful lives and this kind of post-enlightenment era and this information age era. And we kind of forget about our bodies or we see our bodies as a machine to be fixed. A machine to uh, promote optimum, maximal 
you know, productivity and performance. Wow, there's a lot of wind. I don't even know if this windsock can deal with this. I guess I'll have to listen later and find out. Might have to throw this whole thing away. So that's, that's, there's a lot of that in our culture. Your body is something to um, improve all the time. Your body needs medical attention, um, provides um, sexual amusement. Oh, hey, look, it can make babies too, in many cases. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Um, and there's so much wrapped around our bodies with the culture. We have a lot of um, female of some sort or another uh, listeners, not exclusively by any means, but I think we have a few more women than men in the balance. And so the female body, you know, really gets a very strange treatment in our culture. I won't give you the full lecture. I'm sure most of you uh, are probably educated enough to know something about that. But it is important to think about it because when we're dealing with our earth selves, when we pull coins, when we pull pentacles, we're often being challenged to deal with this, you know, strange boatload of expectations and desires and things that we've inherited from, frankly, a completely fucked up culture. A fucked up, sexist, misogynist, patriarchal culture. So if you wake up, and, and capitalist culture. My evil day job, I, I have several evil day jobs. Uh, they include journalism and marketing. So I know some of this from the inside, too. I know how to sell people sneakers, for example. Um, and so... Th- Part of what we're being told about our bodies or part of what we just uh, hold in ourselves around our bodies, thoughts and expectations that we might not even realize we have, these are built up by a culture that has been brutally capitalist and brutally patriarchal for a really long time. So how we feel about ourselves is coming, it's not just a matter of material survival. And I think when most of the tarot decks that, the older tarot decks, you know, when the tarot tradition was kind of being born out of, out of a European game, you know, it's just a card game called Tarocci, Tarocini, or Tarocchi, is how I think it's properly supposed to be pronounced, but a lot of people say Tarocci. So that got turned into Tarot. Um, go read uh, Mary Kay Greer and her blog and her books. I love her take on these things. Her reading style isn't always the one that I would follow, but her, in terms of her writing quality and her informational output, she's just awesome. So you can read more about that. But during that period of time, and I'm trying to remember when that was, like 14th century is when things really started going, Um, material survival was really different from what we face today in these societies. It was like, you know, if you were a noble person, you might live a long life, and some of it might be luxurious, 
ish, you know, but there was a very good chance that you were just going to die in childbirth or you were going to get, you know, the plague or diphtheria or whatever. And so people just didn't live so long. They didn't have a chance for their bodies to get quite so old and rickety, much less their minds. And when you, if you were drawing a three of coins back in that era, you'd be calling upon your material survival. Anytime you were dealing with your coins, your pentacles, just, you know, do I have a roof over my head? Am I alive? Are my children alive? You know, do I have meaningful work, perhaps? And then nowadays, we're coming from a different point of view, which is we're more likely to be kept alive much, much longer. But we have uh, unrealistic expectations, perhaps, of what happens to those bodies, what happens to our hands, our handiwork, what we make. Maybe we forget to be grateful that we're here at all. I know I totally do this, where I get really wound up, and I have a bunch of health problems. I don't, you know. I have recurring chronic illness stuff. I have hormonal stuff. I have new improved stuff that's just come up recently. And I have bipolar disorder. So, you know, it's understandable that I would sometimes end up in a state where I'm just trying to keep up with the materiality of my body. I'm just desperately scrabbling around with the insurance companies and the different practitioners and getting the lab tests done. And, you know, that's what I've been doing lately. Lots and lots of that. And I'm frustrated and I'm worn out. But I'm trying to be hopeful. I am hopeful. So that attention is natural, right? If your body is having trouble, if your home, your job, if those things aren't working out, by, you know, by their very nature, they really grab your attention. Uh, food can also be part of our material realm, part of our earthiness. And if you didn't have food, you would notice it. And maybe you remember towards the beginning of the pandemic lockdowns, which is when this Burning Tarot podcast began. It's why this Burning Tarot podcast began. Um, you might remember that it felt strange not knowing if you were... Ooh, oh my gosh, the wind took the card. Not knowing if you were going to be able... I grabbed it. Be able to get food or which foods, you know? And so, you know, good perspective to have, like, huh, we're pretty lucky that most of the time we just don't even have to think about it very much. Uh, if you can scrape together a few dollars, you're going to have food. And even if you can't, in many areas, there's huge food banks. And here, where I live in Central Oregon, um, there's free availability and low-cost availability of freshly farmed food right from just a couple miles from here. And for people who can't afford fresh vegetables, they'll give them to you. So it's a beautiful world. But when we're connecting with the tarot and some of these other sort of older esoteric practices, I think it does well to remember that the imagery here, it's kind of fun, old-fashioned, medieval, renaissance kind of stories that they seem to be telling. 
um, those were real. And people just, you know, died a lot, very young. Nowadays, when we pull the three of coins, what does that mean? Margareta Peterson, um, interestingly, she focuses on the idea that pulling a three means starting something new and getting rid of something old. You know, she's obviously not the only person who thinks about threes that way. But I kind of don't. I think that that works, but it's only one way of looking at it. Another way of looking at it is that when you reach a three, you're reaching kind of the first level of manifestation in a possible suit in the tarot. What do I mean by that? Well, um, you can look at Christianity, which deeply informs the cards, by the way. Um, The three is the Trinity, the Holy Trinity, right? Uh, In older mythologies, there's going to be three fates, right? There'll be three crones doing stuff. Uh, So it's a magic number, but I, I think it's less about discarding the old in order to start something new. And it's more about how the old has created the new. The very easiest way to look at this metaphor is like, is barely a metaphor at all, (laughs) is to look at reality. Um, For many mammals and and other types of animals, uh, you find a female one, you find a male one, put those two metaphoric principles together, or just actually get, you know, a daddy buck and a mama doe. Like, and then, you know, they do their thing. They make whoopee. And then that little baby cutie deer, it wasn't a little baby, by the way. I just called them that. It's probably like, probably a middle schooler deer. So that fawn is born. Right? One, two, three. There was a mama, a dada, and now there's a baby. That's three entities. In order to get that baby, which is the new thing that gets born, that's the idea of newness, manifestation, something new. You can't discard the old. I guess, you know what, if you're a snake or whatever, sure, lay some eggs, get out of the way, let it happen. But for for mammalian life, and for many birds and others, it's all about hanging out. And that mama and dada, they are on hand to not just produce the new thing, but to nurture it, to hang out with the little fawn. It's fun to watch the deer do this. Um, we have some families of deer that hang out in our backyard, which is within this forest. There's a little group of houses here. And, you know, you get to watch them. It takes a couple years, not as long as humans. Boy, we stretch out the process a lot. So when you're looking at your three of coins life, you can look at, well, what are you birthing that's new? But how are you going to support it with your wisdom, with your experience, 
with your money. Maybe even with just hanging around and being there. Because that's, that's what parents do a lot, right? We're just like, okay, we're cooking dinner. Okay, we're, you know, chauffeuring the kids to the whatever. But our presence is still very important. Even if, um, technically, these young creatures could probably live without us. You know, they do, they would probably survive in the orphanage. But we're providing more than that. Oh my gosh, this wind. Hello, wind. So the three of coins, the coins are already a part of this manifesting suit, this earthness of us, this materiality. Man, manifesting with our manicure, right? With our hands, making the thing. So the metaphorical baby, maybe you just had a baby or you have children. Well, that that's an easy one. So when you pull your three, you can say, well, this might be about raising this baby. Uh, but it may be something more metaphorical, right? So you may have just birthed a new project or a project that you've had underway for a little while has just really reached its first milestone or come into a form of fruition that feels more real. So the the three doesn't have to be like the birth of the baby. Maybe it's more like the baby's first birthday or, you know, the high school kid is graduating. It's this moment of recognizing that the new thing has, you know, is connected eternally to its parents. So look for your metaphorical or actual masculine self and your feminine female self. How did those two come together and begin to create something new? Or maybe you're doing this in a collaborative fashion. So you and someone else are making a thing. And when you get this three of coins, I feel like with the three of coins, it's often the first time that that something's kind of out in the public eye. And this can be very public or it can be kind of smaller, which is uh, not so much depicted in Margareta Peterson's painting here, but what we might see um, like in the Morgan Greer deck, uh, or I guess the Smith Rider, wait, where you would see here's a, a young, you know, teenager working in a church, um, carving, sculpting, working on stained glass, and the nuns are watching in the golden tarot. Or, um, you know, these slightly more grizzled, crusty, official-looking dudes are watching along and, and offering commentary. So in some decks, that would be how this would look. So that's a context where the person in the card, the young person, the newer youthful energy is making something. And significantly, this thing it's making is for, you know, is part of the community, is part of the spirit. They're working on the inside of the cathedral. So, hey, that's a nice little little metaphor for you and keep in mind that that cathedral can also be a metaphor for your body or for your child's body so 
in terms of making something public, that character is starting to make an impact. Nobody's expecting them to like build their own cathedral and have it be the world's best cathedral. They're not at that level yet. The level of manifestation we're at here is let's do our carving on the stone in the cathedral while the nuns gossip in the background and keep an eye on us. Or while the fancy bishop or whoever comes along uh, and oversees our work, perhaps gives us critique. Overall, it's a positive, very positive card. Because we're learning like, hey, we can manifest. This is cool. And that manifestation isn't required to take some particular form yet. But if we want to learn from our elders, they can teach us. In some cases, you'll, you'll get this card or you, or you will hear this podcast and you will immediately recognize yourself as the elder who's guiding the younger, newer person, project, thingamajig, art piece, what have you. There's a tenderness to it and there's a bit of triumph, I think. The footprint image from Margaret Peterson and, oh, here, let's take off the windsock now. We're risking it. We're risking it. Here we go. So you can hear the stream. The snow is melting. The water is flowing. This is how summer begins to manifest here. Um, so it's a really delightful card. I've always loved this card. It's a good card for apprenticeship. For recognizing that there's a limited level of mastery that we've achieved so far and that perhaps we could ever achieve you know how do we know well we kind of don't the three tells us well you can get some stuff done something significant has already happened has already begun manifestation that would be an interesting thing for some of you to look at if you're hearing this podcast and you're like well i'm not gonna have a baby And I'm not starting a new art project. What are you talking about? I would actually maybe take some time this week and review some of your older thoughts. So if you have a journal or some social media posts or people in your life that you could ask, what were some things that you were interested in a few months ago, a few years ago? Did any of those things start to manifest themselves without you necessarily sitting around and thinking about it? Oh gosh, listen to this. Oh wait, the wind is coming back. Oh, the water. We're gonna put the wind sock back on. Windy McWinderton is coming. So yeah, a good time to look back. And I will say that I just did this. Um, I picked up an old journal from 2019 and it was a short one and I just read it and it was very interesting because I was writing a lot more back then like not just journalism and stuff but writing for myself so the writing was a lot better than I've been writing lately and there were several mentions of wanting to do a podcast and many mentions of astrology and tarot And there was also uh, some 
feelings of anxiety and dread that I couldn't name and didn't know what that was about. And this was November, December 2019. So I was feeling, I was feeling it coming, right? Here comes the pandemic. Um, So you might look back with whatever means you have for looking back on things and see if maybe you already had some thoughts that have begun to manifest without you really focusing on them. So for me, in this case, it's like, oh, I didn't realize that going back that far, I was considering starting a podcast and I knew what I wanted it to be about. I didn't really remember that part. My memory is just like, whoa, it's, it's the pandemic, it's this lockdown, this COVID. My friends and my clients are stuck in their apartments in cities and I'm out here in the forest. So I'm totally lucky. If you're going to do this weird pandemic thing, this is exactly where you want to do it. So I just, in my mind, the memory is just deciding one day, okay, I'm going to draw a card and we'll take a walk. And then they'll be on this nature walk with me. But the reality is, turns out, I was thinking about it for several years before that. Uh, or not two years. And, uh, and it was informed by some videos and audio files that I had made for people with chronic illness. Which I myself have chronic illness, so I know what it's like when you get stuck in your bedroom for a really long time. But... Um, You know, I had made some specifically really nature-oriented materials for some people um, to help them feel better when they were bed-bound, you know, for years or months. So all of that led up to burning tarot. And I kind of didn't really think about it that way. (laughs) I just thought about it. And then one day, I picked up a card, and there was a pandemic, and we made this podcast. But the reality is that those two principles, so the masculine and feminine principle, are not just evil binary things to continue the patriarchy and oppress trans people or whatever. They are powerful, magical sources. So the yin and the yang to use and perhaps misuse the uh, the Chinese version of them. So, you know, my yin self was like, wow, man, woo-woo, tarot, I love nature. And my yang self was trying to say, hey, let's make a thing and put it out there in the world. Let's do it, whatever. And I was pretty much thinking about it a teeny bit and then ignoring it for like two years. But now it's manifested. It's that third thing in the three of coins. So if you go back and look through your journals or your posts or whatever, you might find some clues as to something that has become manifest recently or has reached some kind of little, you know, a peak, a new, a new level. Uh, And you may not recognize it because these manifestations, these material, real world things that we deal with when we deal with the coins, they can be really obvious and kind of goal-oriented. They can be like, I started a new business and I had a three-year plan and I had a five-year plan and I had a goal and I knew what I was doing and I had to prove it all to the bank to get a line of credit. And then now, however many months or years later, 
I can say, oh, here's how my business is doing. I have X hundred number of accounts or customers or clients, and I made this much revenue this year. So coins love that stuff, but they don't just talk about that stuff. They also refer to things that are a little bit wigglier (laughs) and um, just not as obvious. So if you have had something obvious, start a project, start a business, um, you know, you wrote a book and maybe this week it came back in blue lines. They probably don't even do blue lines anymore in book publishing. Um, You know, whatever. So you might be trying to track something like that, that you can really look at quite easily. But for some people, it's going to be a little more like me in the Burning Tarot podcast, where, you know, it's a spiritual side hobby that you didn't even realize your inner self was going to go produce. (laughs) So that's, I think that's the fun part. Um, The coins don't have to be obvious, but they do have to be material. They have to be out there. They can't, um, to, in order to connect with the coins, these nice three coins, we have to be dealing with our bodily reality and maybe the, the hands part or making a footprint as the Peterson card shows, that's making a mark. Mark making is a much ballyhooed part of art making. And, you know, if you're an MFA type of artist, then you know that, right? So that footprint that she's showing on the card is saying like, look, I am treading the earth. I exist. You know, here's my proof of existence. And she's using a foot, which connects, typically our feet connect us to the earth. I am standing now, by the way, in the stream, barefoot with my bare feet in the cold snowmelt water and on the lovely stones. So I'm connecting to earth this way and this card is urging us to connect with earth. If we use the manifestation and the hands idea, we're saying, well, you make something when you get your three of coins, your three of pentacles. If we use the footprint idea, you could see it the same way. You're making a mark on the earth with your, with your very path. Your progress marks the earth. And um, all very lovely stuff, I must say. So that's what we've got. I hope that this resonates with you. I was talking about podcasting with some of my friends online on The Well, which is a really wonderful place, available at well.com. Old school online community, paywalled, um, lots of smart people there. Lots of wise people, too. So anyway, we were talking about podcasting there recently, and I said, wow, you know, I don't usually look at my uh, metrics and statistics and stuff for my podcast because I don't want to get suckered into that whole mentality, but I do like to look now and again. So it had been over a year, I guess, since I had looked, and about a year ago, apparently, I had a huge spike in subscribers to the podcast. Um, so the numbers went from like 1,500, you know, maybe 1,500, 2,000 approximately per week to like 10,000. I'm like, what was that? And I, I actually didn't go investigate and try to figure out why that would have happened. But, um, that's a lot. I have no idea if those are real people listening or if those are robots signing up for something. Uh, but my discussion with the folks on the well was, um, 
I said, you know, who are all these people? I ask on the podcast, I ask people to just send me a couple little sentences about their lives and tell me, you know, uh, feedback on the podcast or ways that it's intersecting with with your lives. And there's a handful of people that do that pretty regularly. Thank you, handful of people. I love that. But I'm like, who are these 10,000 people? They're just total strangers. Why are they not buying readings from me? Why are they not sending me the email to burningtarot at gmail.com to, to say hi? And uh, the response that I got, people were like, oh, well, you know, all the podcasters say that. And so we assume you don't really mean it. I was like, what? Are you serious? I mean, the way I say it, I would think you would know that I actually freaking mean it. I want to hear from you people. So if you're listening and you haven't gotten in touch before and you think that I'm just saying that out of some weird sense of obligation or something, I, T of Burning Tarot, assure you that that is not the case. Uh, I like feedback. I like to know that I'm not just pissing in the wind when I am filing my newspaper columns or making my little podcasts or doing my incredibly obscure performance art stuff. (laughs) Even if there's only three people who give a shit, I would love to hear from those three people. So if, um, yeah, if you're getting anything out of this, if you're bothering to listen, I really genuinely, not just fake podcastery, but um, honestly, would like to hear from you. And if you can keep it to like one, two, three sentences and just kind of say hi. And and I love knowing where people are from, too. That for me is really interesting. Uh, Or which generation you're from. And just say hi. And if anything you've heard on the podcast, whether it's this week or another time, has resonated with you or the card made a difference in your life or you realized, whoa, that's the same card that I drew last week or whatever... I love to hear about these things. And all you have to do is just pop me a little email. It's burningtarot at gmail.com. And sending that email doesn't put you on my mailing list. Although I do think you should all sign up for my mailing list. That's at tiffanyleebrown.com. You'll see a link under contact or under the Burning Tarot podcast. But if you email, if you send me email, it's not, um, you're just saying hi. Just literally, like I don't have an assistant reading these things. It's just me. And I just want to hear from people. And I actually mean it. I don't know how else to convince you. And I, you know, it's not going to put you on a mailing list or force you to do anything weird after that. Maybe I'll offer you a discount. I don't know. I haven't done that before. I could. I'm that desperate to hear back. Uh, I do appreciate the people who have been regularly sending feedback. It is meaningful to me. And it also helps me do the woo. Because if I'm just... I think it is very important for individual practitioners to take the time to tune into our own intuition and the special spirits and voices that want to speak through us. We have to tune out some of the other chatter in order to do that. In this particular form of that, like I know some of you are tarot readers um, and astrologers. Some of you just do it for friends or just for yourselves. But, you know, there's a lot to the act of chattering, blathering, as we do here on the podcast. And it's really important to tune in to your special brand of woo. 
Otherwise, why bother? You know, just listen to somebody else's fucking podcast, right? <laughs> or, or just lean in on somebody else's reading. You don't need a card for yourself. However, to find out whether you're thrumming with the larger woo and with the larger social woo, like people level of woo, not just nature, um, it's that feedback. It's that communication that tells us, you know, if, if I have um, 10 listeners all pull the eight of cups in the same week, like doing their own tarot, and then I pull the eight of cups on the reading, that's significant for our little slice of demographic. But I'm never going to know unless you guys email me and say, hey, wow, that's weird. You did a reading on the eight of cups. I drew the eight of cups this week for myself, too. And then, so that gives us information, which, um, which I'm happy to uh, continue to disperse to everybody via the podcast. Um, I don't really want to take the conversation to Instagram or something. I feel like I'm, I just don't want to, <laughs> basically. Um, so the only way I have to know how we're all resonating together at this time is if you send me the emails. So please do. And that was a very long lecture about please email me. I am T from Burning Tarot. You can find me and you can buy readings and sign up for the mailing list at tiffanyleebrown.com. Find Burning Tarot wherever you find your podcasts. I don't know. My sponsors are blah, blah, blah. I'm going to shut up now. Much love to you. Bye-bye.